Good morning, everyone. Our hope and prayer is that you will behold the glory of God this Christmas season. You'll behold not only the story again in maybe a new way, but you'll behold a message that God wants for you to bring truth into your life, to answer maybe some of the questions that you're facing and help you to figure out how to navigate some of the, the challenges that you're facing. Last week, uh, the, we're, we're, by the way, the, the four series in Advent, we're looking at angels coming to God's people. And so last week was Zechariah. The angel comes to Zechariah, the father of John the baptizer, and tells him that the impossible is going to be possible. Uh, his wife was, they called barren, unable to have children. She was well, it says, well advanced in age. And so when the angel Gabriel says to Zechariah, you're you're going to be a dad. Uh, it was unbelievable. In fact, it was so unbelievable that Zechariah, like many other people in the Bible, when the angels came to them, had a problem with this. <laughs> Some questions. <laughs> Can you be serious? Like this is this is not a normal thing. And truth be told, when God comes, it's never normal. He always does the extraordinary. He comes to ordinary people and does extraordinary things because he's God. And we trust that he knows what he's doing. But you have to get past that crisis of belief in that when he comes to you and speaks to you and brings you into his circle and wanting you to be involved, you have to decide, "Can can I trust him? Can I move forward? Can I say yes? Moses had trouble. Gideon had trouble. Joshua had trouble, Abraham. Lots of people in the Bible got stuck right at that moment of decision, and they had to decide, am I going to walk forward and say yes to God, or am I going to say, yeah, yeah just it's not going to work out for me. Mary today is the next recipient of an angel's message. Gabriel, he's busy. Six months ago, he went to, uh, to uh, Zacharias, and now he's come to Mary, and uh, he's saying, uh, yeah, let's see, it's 10 o'clock, yeah, I've got an appointment with you, by the way, you're going to have a kid, and uh, you're going to call his name Jesus, and he's going to like rule the whole world forever. Okay, like, what's next? I've got some angels I've got to go visit soon, so uh, his message shatters her uh, take on what's normal, and her life was never going to be the same again. So a different kind of miracle this time. The first miracle was that the God, <laughs> creator God, is going to intervene in Elizabeth's life and cause her to to have a son, even at her advanced age. I have a feeling that maybe John didn't have a mom and dad around very long because they were so um, elderly, I'd say. Uh, Maybe he was on his own. John was a very special person, but we talked about him last week. Uh, We want want to also remember that ministry um, can cost you. Ministry and service with God often finds opposition, often finds difficulties because people don't want you to follow God. They want to come against you. Satan's forces are still alive and well today. In my businessmen's group this last week, we talked about spiritual warfare, and some of them confessed, you know, I don't ever think about that. That never crosses my mind. I said, well, let me tell you what it looks like in a day-to-day world how the, the forces of evil are always conspiring against God's people to try and suppress them, try to depress them, trying to cause them not to obey God. So Mary has a battle 
when the angel comes to her, she has to decide. Can I, can I agree with God or not? Let's look at the scripture starting in Luke chapter 1. That says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Just so you know, Galilee was a contemptible location in the eyes of most Jewish people. They thought nothing of any significance or importance would ever come from Galilee. And and the most despicable city was Nazareth. The Bible even says no prophet or any good thing was coming from Nazareth. So it's interesting that Jesus would be identified with the city of Nazareth. You have to wonder why Jesus called his disciples largely from Galilee and why he made his home base for the majority of his ministry around Galilee because all the religious leaders would never have suspected anything good to come. They would have basically left him alone, unimpeded. So when Jesus was traveling around the, uh, the region, going to the villages and towns, it was in Galilee, the, the place that no one ever would have suspected that God would be at work. Uh, he was not going to be harassed by their Jewish leaders or the Roman authorities. He'd be left alone. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. this verse comes up often, not in the Christmas story, but it fits. God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly and despised things of the world, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast in his presence. God's ways are not our ways. Scholars believe that both Mary and Joseph were from the line of David, that they would have some family still in Bethlehem, where they were from, relatives in Bethlehem, and there was a census. So God knew, of course, the census would be made. The the Romans were wanting to know uh, who who lived where and how many people. So they traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, where they were from, both of them. That's where the Old Testament king, David, was a shepherd boy before God called him into service. Apparently, no relatives would let them in. Apparently, no one would let them in. I guess they were maybe late to the party, and there was no place left. So they had to end up in one of the most humble situations possible, staying outdoors with the livestock. God's ways are not our ways. The mistake that the Jews made right from the beginning was thinking that Jesus was from Nazareth and therefore could not be the Messiah, where in fact he was from Bethlehem, the city of David, making him a perfect candidate to be the true Messiah. But they didn't bother to look into his lineage. (laughs) They make a lot of assumptions. Let's read on in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. And he, Gabriel, came to Mary and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled, as most of us would be. Tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, don't worry, Mary. You have found favor with God. That word favor, anyone know what that is offhand? Charis, which means grace. You found grace in the eyes of God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Now, centuries earlier, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel. 
So this, just for the scholars, scholarly type of people out there, the word Jesus is the Latin form of the, of the Greek Yesu, which in turn is the transliteration of the Hebrew Yeshua or Joshua. So Jesus and Joshua are the same name, basically. Uh, and it, both of them mean God is salvation. So if you want to talk to a person of a Jewish background, uh, you don't need to use the word Jesus. You can call him Yeshua. And they're familiar with that. They're, they're familiar with the term because that's part of their, their heritage. He will be great and will be called, verse 32, the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. So we mentioned earlier uh, last week that John the baptizer was born six months before Jesus. But that's only in terms of Jesus' human existence. Uh, His second cousin, John, was older. But truth be told, uh, Jesus was first. Uh, He wasn't born. Uh, He was, uh, I mean, he wasn't created. He was with God from the beginning. In fact, John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. Listen to what it says. All things were made through him. Without him, not anything was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Then it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Bringing Jesus and John together in the book of uh, the book, gospel of John. He was, came as a witness to bear uh, witness about the light <clears throat> that all might believe through him. John was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's always the case when people get an encounter with God, and as I said, Moses, Gideon, Joshua, Abraham, Zacharias, they all could not figure out what God was up to because it was a miraculous thing that God was wanting to do. He, he constantly wants to demonstrate that his power is not of this earth, his power is from above, that he does things that don't make sense to us but make perfect sense when he's finished what he's up to. Moses, I'm going to take the people out of Egypt. Good job, God. I've been waiting for that for a long time, and I want to send you. No. (laughs) Send someone else. Send send Aaron. He's a good speaker. No. I want to show you what I can do through a weak person, (laughs) someone who stutters, someone who doesn't know what they're, you know, who's afraid to go back home. I want to show you my power. Gideon, we're going to have a, we're going to have a fun time with the enemy, uh, and I want you to go. He's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't make sense to me. We're weak. We don't have the forces. He's going, Gideon, it's not about you. It's about me. Abraham, I want to create a nation from you. Uh, yeah, like, I don't have any kids, and my wife's old, and uh, yeah, it's not about you. It's about what I want to do through you. And this is what Mary is encountering with God. She says in verse 34, how can this be? I'm a virgin. I don't have, I've, I've not been with a husband And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. 
And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. There's a key verse. Then Mary said, Behold, I am your servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel left her. So if anyone thinks still that the 66 books of the Bible were kind of thrown together by some council hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, and says, okay, poof, here's our Bible. And it's kind of a random act. We'll just understand that five centuries before this event, the same angel Gabriel went to Daniel in Babylon and told him of the exact time in which this Messiah was going to be born. 500 years earlier, the same angel Gabriel announced that this was going to happen. And now I, I kind of find it fun that the same angel Gabriel has come to Mary and saying, it's happening, it's going to happen, and you're going to be involved. And he gets to see the fulfillment of his own prophecy to Daniel centuries before. Interestingly enough, those wise men, we believe, came from Babylon, where Daniel was, saw the star, followed, they, they beheld the activity of God, and followed the star to see where the Messiah was. They were prepared. They were looking. They were watching because of the prophecy given to Daniel. And they show up when everyone in God's, <laughs> God's people were clueless. A couple of shepherds and uh, Mary and Joseph, uh, and then these wise men. They beheld the activity of God, and they joined in what God was up to. Verse 39, it says, Those days Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a town in Judah. Then she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit, Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. John is already raring to go. It's like, ooh, Jesus is here. It's not time yet. We've still got to get born. Uh, but he was uh, ready. He was ready to take on God's assignment. Keep in mind that Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, was a righteous woman also, a daughter of a priest, married to a priest in the lineage of Aaron. And uh, Elizabeth not only recognizes the hand of God on Mary's life, but filled with the Spirit, prophesies to encourage Mary in, in a very confusing time. And what was, what was true of both of these women, that God was at work in their life, doing something out of the ordinary, doing something that was miraculous for both of them. And they could maybe understand each other. Uh, maybe they could not like certain foods together. I don't know, pregnancy does strange things. Maybe they were commiserating together. How's your back? Oh, it's not some, you know, uh, but they're, 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 they're together. Uh, Wondering what is going to happen next. Like their future was, it's like a clean slate, a whiteboard. God is about to do something amazing, and we get to be a part of it. So we don't meet so many angels today to give us instructions as we have the indwelling Christ now in us. We look back on 
B.C., before Jesus, we, we see God's activity bringing everything about, arranging things the right, exact the right time so that when uh, Jesus is to be born, um, everything has been fulfilled. All the prophecies of the Old Testament are coming true in him. And over the next 33 years, he would knock off hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah, one by one by one. We now are the messengers of God. As I said last week, that we don't need angels to bring messages of God because God can speak through us to people today. A lot of what we do as a church, well, everything we do as a church is designed to bring the message of hope to people that need to hear hope, that need grace. Our Christmas banquet on, on Friday night, a fun event, but it had a very serious message. That if we repent, we can be reconciled with God. That Christ came in the form of a baby, but he didn't stay a baby. He's not in the manger. He went through the cross and is in heaven, guiding us even today. Our Alpha program is designed specifically to help people meet Jesus, the, the living Lord. Our women's Bible studies and outreach events invite people to explore the Bible and how to know Jesus on a deeper level. Our Cantonese congregation that will be joining us in the next service We've asked uh, Pastor Wai Feng Chow to lead communion and next service. And uh, it'll be a fun time together. New things are happening, uh, things that God has put together, and we get to be the beneficiaries of that. Their design, the Cantonese group, is meeting because we could not reach the Cantonese community on our own. We needed God to help us in his way figure out how to speak to people the gospel who we couldn't communicate with. Our kids' ministries, middle school ministries, youth ministries, men's events, divorce care, even our preschool and nursery are designed for people to meet Jesus. Do we get to share the message, the gospel of good news? John 1.7 says that John came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. So it's our responsibility today to bear witness to the light that all people will believe in him, in Jesus Christ, the good news. The gospel message is our gift to a waiting world. So I want to key in on just one verse here, Luke one thirty. It says, the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Charis, you found God's grace. And I see that God's grace gets applied to each, each person each day. That God is coming to us, applying grace to our life. Do you ever have trouble forgiving yourself for something that you said or did in the past? He applies grace to you to say, it's going to be okay. You've repented a hundred times. Let it go. We can move on now. Have you, have you ever felt that you're not good enough, that, that maybe your home where you grew up, you were always told you weren't good enough, you won't amount to much? He's saying, yeah, just wait to see what I can do through you. I, you're a perfect candidate to be involved in my kingdom. I've got plans. You're going to be extraordinary. We're not clear uh, in this situation if God was searching for just the right person with Mary. Spot her, maybe. I need someone to see who can be a mother for my son. Mary, she's nice. Um, good character, good lineage, good devotion. Or maybe God said from the beginning of time, Mary's going to be the one. 
I can hardly wait till she gets born. I can hardly wait till she starts growing up, becomes a teenager, and is ready. And, 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 and John, the, John the Baptist is going to be born here, and Herod is going to call for a census there, and all of these things are going to happen. The shepherds will be out there in the, in the fields, and it's all going to come together at this moment in time, and the amazing things are going to happen. Lights and stars and, and angels de- declaring the glory of the Lord. I kind of think that God had a plan all along to use Mary. I kind of think that she wasn't a random choice that just happened to be from the lineage of David. Regardless, God saw her and she found favor. He applied grace. She was prepared when God called her into service. Interestingly, when I went to West Africa to a small village named Mariconda in Senegal, West Africa, I sat by a small cooking fire in front of some huts, and uh, there was a Muslim village. They had a small mosque in the center of the village, and the imam was a little bit annoyed that all these people were gathering around me asking questions about Christianity. And so, for me, one of the, the only question I remember them asking during my time there was, how could this Mary be the mother of the Messiah if she was a virgin. I'm thinking, these people are in nowhere. There's not even a paved road. There's no electricity. They've got grass huts. There's no new anything. They don't even have hardly clothes. They've got flip-flops and shorts and a shirt, and that's all they own. Yet somehow they know about Mary. Somehow her reputation, this ordinary young girl, has gone, her whole story has reached around the globe. And people want to know, how could this happen? And I said, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. He doesn't do things our way. He does things his way. God redefines words like significant and important and influential when he invites us to join him in his activity. When the Creator, the Almighty, the Holy God comes to you with an assignment or a word of truth for you to share with others, there's no greater honor, no higher assignment, no more significant privilege than that moment when God asks us to join Him in what He wants to do to make a difference in this community. He's trusting you to carry out His work that brings with it eternal significance. His kingdom will last forever. Behold, God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. God takes the timid and makes them mighty. God invites the unnoticed to change the world. Will you behold God's message for you this season? Will you be ready and prepared to say yes when he comes to you? Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this day. Reminder of how simple things are. How you take the simple, the ordinary, the unnoticed, and the overlooked and transform them into mighty instruments in your hand to make a difference for all of eternity. Father, one soul that we touch, one person that we bring into your kingdom, one person that we share your good news, and they turn to you and accept you as their Lord and Savior. We have changed eternity through the power of God. It's like Christ is born again in a new heart, in a new soul, a new life, 
every time someone says yes to you. Thank you for this day, Father God. May we be waiting, beholding, looking, searching for what you're up to around us and then join you and see amazing things happen. I pray this in Christ's name, amen.